1: this B, episode 152, we think, of the Sports Fist. Let's do a quick roll call. John, hi, John. Hi, Brandon. Stu. What's sex havers? And the one and only Clarence in Swaptown. What's up, fuckers? All right, all right. We're all back together. So we got a lot hey, to talk before about. Before t- we
3: get this started, let's congratulate John Marthaler, who is going to be a father. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Away, On the John. same day Dana Wessel is getting married.
2: <laughs> that away, big John. Way like, to go, buddy. I don't think I was invited to Dana's wedding anyway, but now I definitely can't. You're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? (laughs) Dana, I've always suspected Dana harbors a not-so-secret hatred for me. So,
3: (laughs) yeah. So I don't. don't, don't Premier League things are tough to get over.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't quite understand them because I like Dana personally, and I I, maybe he likes me. I don't know. But anyway, September is going to be a big month for the Marathalers. There will be more Marthalers, and I can teach him to hate all the things I hate, which is important.
4: That's kind That's the of job. the reason. <laughs> That's, That's the you job.
3: Make make sure. show, him, show him Uncle Dave, and he's even angrier.
4: Nope, <laughs> oh, Uncle Dave. This is Uncle how you Dave. make a Molotov cocktail. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Drive slowly past the last known residence of Nils Hasselmo. <laughs> John, you Are uh, you excited?
4: I'm guessing yes. I'm equal be. measures
2: excited and terrified, which from the people I've talked to is 100% normal. That's yep. yep, exactly right. So, Something wrong
4: with you if you don't feel that way. Yep.
2: And, and from the people I've talked to, uh, you know, some of them, like you guys, have been fathers for a long time, and some of them haven't been fathers for very long, but most of them seem to think that it never really goes away.
4: Terrified mm-hmm. all the time. No, just different things you're terrified about. Just worried and terrified and... 24
3: seven yep so he's driving it so he's got the car until 10 o'clock tonight so i'm like literally just you know shitting bricks until then so it's just what are you gonna do
1: john your child will probably be in some sort of robot cars or like be picked up by Mm -hmm. their collar with a drone and be flown Mm -hmm. places so you're still going to worry about that, but it'll just be a
3: different worry than just be, than the current thing. Maybe it'll be in Google care until kindergarten. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Life will change, and there's but there'll still be plenty to worry about.
4: Oh, they'll, and there'll still be potholes in St. Paul. Oh yeah. yep, we'll still be we'll be driving robot cars. <laughs> many car, many, many of the Paul same streets potholes will be in St. Paul. Oh, no, they'll never be fixed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can visit my favorites from when I was a child. <laughs> Hey, I remember this one on Jackson Street. It's been here since 1972.
3: They call this block on Robert Hanoi. <laughs> there's an Irish family living in the bottom of this one.
4: Hey, Norm Coleman's old man is jerking off at the bottom of this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do we end up in these places?
4: <laughs> you never... There's no telling.
2: That's, talking Saint about, pa-
4: talking that's an, about an inside the- St. Paul joke. I, I didn't... <laughs>
2: Clarence is yelling about the Itasca project, and <laughs> the, the Met Council somehow is coming in for criticism. It's just the way we operate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: well, this started out to be a congratulations on your impending fatherhood, and that's awesome. That's, uh, so yeah, now, ended we're, up with now we're four for
2: four. Four dads. Talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're finally going to complete the complete the podcast, the, the podcast child having.
1: Yeah, we should just rename it to like My Four Dads or something.
2: Yeah. Well, we were already the most dad podcast of all. It is true. Now it's just going to be absolutely
1: true. Yep. We fill in this. Now
2: it's just going to be talk about marinades and lawn care <laughs> and
1: motor oil brands, Drilling. best shelves for garages. Yep.
3: Hooking well, a she shelf phone or or the milk. wildlife cans. It's just going to be, you know, all sorts of. Top
1: 10 cargo short brands.
3: Dad Minutia.
1: Dad Minutia. Yep. Hey, um,
3: a show title already.
1: Awesome. Yep. I'll write it down. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, sports wise. We've got Wolves, Twins, Gopher hockey, Big Ten hockey, maybe some Vikes, maybe some non-sports, potentially. And then I'm guessing we're going to make more jokes about Nor- Norm Coleman's dad jerking off in random places. <laughs> I want to get to uh, at least a couple more topics um, that, were, that allow that joke to be redone, because I like it. So let's start with the Wolves. They are playing tonight which this is not live, so you guys
4: probably probably don't care. Yeah. You know been... what
2: the score is already.
4: I you... could be in seats on center court and and not care. Center court, you still wouldn't care? Mm,
1: no. You can see some pretty I'm... sweet sky Are dancers there. out there? I'm yeah? just
2: imagining Clarence sitting courtside except picking up his chair and turning it around. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> Staring at the stands while eating a hot dog,
4: thumbing <laughs> through a magazine. Just right, brings a readers digest. One leg crossed over. Yep. Yep.
2: Third quarter, he's just sleeping peacefully in his chair. <laughs> oh. How long is that, okay?
4: <laughs> Rubik's cube. Why do, you, why do you bring a Rubik's cube? Yeah. It makes sense.
1: Okay, well, you don't care. But, that's fine. Most people probably don't care that much. This is usually the time of the year uh, that, that people forget that they exist in general. I will say that for the most part, in the, since, since uh, Zach Levine was put into the starting lineup, they have been playing better as a team, and their offense has been like a top five offense in the league. Maybe top ten. Um, I've been drinking. <laughs>
3: So Rubio's played a lot better too, hasn't
1: he? Rubio's been a lot better recently. And, again, we say this every year. He's got a 10-game stretch every year where he's lights out um, because he just it, when he becomes league average shooter, he's basically an all-star because he's still good at everything yeah. else. And this is the time where he's been on somewhat of a hot streak. And by hot streak, I mean, like, instead of two of seven shooting, he's gone four of seven shooting. So... He's still not becoming like a volume scorer, which is fine. But, um, but the offense has basically been solved with Levine in the starting lineup, which is awesome to see. Uh, so that's, that's a good welcome update from years past.
2: Did you guys watch the Golden State game on Monday? Yeah, I watched most all of it. I know Stu was tweeting about how fun it was, which was wrong. Because it wasn't any fun at all. I know they lost.
3: I And I, I rescinded that. I told myself to shut up You're on Twitter when when they blew it. I'm confused, though. So retroactively,
1: you didn't have any fun even during those two hours you enjoyed watching the game? No, I, I
3: totally enjoyed watching it. I just told myself to shut up because I was sad that they lost. Even though okay. it was a meaningless game and it helps their draft position. Yes.
1: But, John, you enjoyed watching it and you still
3: no, can't. No, he didn't. Ha- he hated it. You did I like- hated every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's
2: the thing. I watched. Pretty much all of the game, while doing other stuff, it was sort of I'm in the background for a lot. But luckily, the NBA stop-start enough that you can sort of look up when the ball's in play and then look down during the free throws.
1: Offensive, wrong, wrong. Offensive.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's a fairly stop-start game. It's not. I'm trying to think of a free. It's not a hockey game. Let's put it that way. No,
1: you're right. God damn, we bro. totally Goddamn agree. Right, we not... totally fucking agree on that.
2: <laughs> all right, so, so true. Instead of fighting, I want to get to my point here, okay. that I knew, I watched the whole thing knowing fight. with Dread that what was going to happen if they did keep it close is that it, they'd find a way to lose at the end of the game. And that's, in the end, exactly what happened. They, they kept it close. They even had the lead, I think, with about a minute and a half left. And then they just blew it. And it felt like that was, that, that was the storyline in every single game they played this year. So I looked it up because it could, you know, I've I haven't watched every game so I thought, well, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just wrong about this. Maybe they're not actually playing as many close games as I think they are. Mm-hmm. But I looked it up and the nba the nba.com has a sortable stats thingy that allows you to allows you to sort all the team stats and they have this clutch this clutch stats thing that apparently is based on if it's in the last 5 minutes of the game. And the game's within five points. And as it turns out, the Wolves, counting tonight's game, because I think this game was within five for a while under the last five minutes, the Wolves have played 47 of those now, which is leading the NBA. They've played the most games that were in this clutch situation at some point, And they've won about a third of them. And I, I was trying to figure out why, so I was sorting the stats, and I discovered that... Of all of these teams that, uh, of all the teams in the NBA that play that have played in these clutch situations, the Wolves' field goal percentage, the effective field goal percentage, is the second lowest. And it's like an outlier on the bottom end down there with only the Sixers, who are an objectively awful, I mean, they're an objectively awful thing. They're a bad basketball team, but they're also a bad thing.
1: Good organization.
2: And it's just, it's absolutely mind-blowingly frustrating to me to watch the Timberwolves Play pretty well the whole game, and then absolutely refuse to execute in the last two minutes. They'll they'll run an offense and they'll run pick and rolls and stuff the whole game, and then the last two minutes it's Rubio dribbles the ball down the court, passes to Wiggins, who shoots four seconds later.
3: That's just you know, it. Wiggins, yeah, Wiggins was not uh, not not good at the end of that game. That or was, the, my, was to, my main takeaway from it. That they Wiggins it made some bad decisions. They, And it's just
2: infuriating. And, Brandon, what I want to know from you is who is responsible for this.
1: Obama, I think. It's the only person I usually blame for things like this. Um,
2: What I said on Twitter is I want to know who's responsible for this late-game nightmare so I can, when I die, I can haunt that person as a ghost. Because it's just infuriating. And And it happens every single game, and... For once, my subjective experience matches up with the objective stats.
1: So I've been thinking about this, and you're not going to like my answer, but it's Brian (laughs) Rafalski.
2: How dare you? How dare you (laughs) break up with me?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so at least you still only have the one person to haunt. It's efficient. You can double haunt Brian Rafalski. No, I'm not really sure because it's a common thing throughout kind of the league in general that the game seems to change a little bit in those last minute or two. So my sense is the standard offense that's been working is just not going to work in the last minute or two because a, um, the defense is going to crack down and, and they've been conserving their energy for the end of the game. And now they're actually using their energy. So they're playing a lot tighter defense and, B and or B I suppose Some sort of combination and the refs kind of swallow their Whistles at that point so The only shot you're going to be able to get off With those two things being true is Some sort of contested Isolation fadeaway. I don't know if that Has to be true I'm sure it isn't for really Really well coached teams but this is Not like a new phenomenon And it's not Unique to the Wolves it's just sort of the way Games end uh, Especially if you're a bad team like the Wolves You said that they're Not good in close games They're not really good in any games So I I would be surprised if they were good in close games Um, They're just not that good of a team So it's frustrating to watch I totally agree with you I wish I had a better answer But I I think it's got to be a combination of of those two things And potentially maybe the offense sort of seizes up a little bit And and is, is worried about, I don't know, turnovers Or I'm not really sure but it always ends up becoming an isolation shot. Even, you know, MJ was known for those back in whenever. Kobe's taken 5 million of them throughout his career, even though his shooting percentage was laughable the entire time. I mean, he's like a 25% shooter in these late-game situations. Just kept doing it. So there may be another thing, too, when coaches are like, and right or wrong, they would rather have Wiggins take a contested fadeaway shot because he's the man Then, um, then Wiggins passing to uh, Gorgie and h- having him take an open 14-footer. That's just the way it is because they're going to get ripped if, uh, if Gorgie misses and they're not going to get ripped if Wiggins misses. I think that's wrong, I want, but I think that's true.
2: I want to back up to something you said there. You said that the Timberwolves are a bad team and that's why they're bad in these games. But one of the notable things about the Wolves playing more of these close games than anybody else. If you look at the teams that have played the fewest, it's kind of first of all, it's teams that are really good. San Antonio and Cleveland, Golden State are all on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But then come teams that are rotten, like Philadelphia and Los Angeles, Phoenix is in there. Just really bad teams. Yep. So you would expect if really bad if the Wolves are a really bad team, they'd be down on the bottom because they'd be losing all these games. Instead, they've been the team that has been close the most but is one the least?
1: Yeah, that's odd. That is definitely an outlier scenario. So they're more competitive than they've than the other terrible teams. So you're saying, in general, you'd expect them to have what four or five more wins, maybe?
2: Well, it, I mean, from a from a pure from a pure coin flip standpoint, in close games, you would sort of expect that other than some outliers that were very bad or very good, Mm -hmm. you would expect that most teams would be about 50-50 in close games. It's like one-run games in baseball. If you win a lot of one-run games, it's a good way of being like, well, you know what? This team is not as good as we thought they were because they won 15 out of 16 one-run games, and they lost every other game by eight runs. They just got lucky. So are the Wolves just unlucky? Is this a sign they're just unlucky? That's... I mean, I would hope that that would be true, except those late-game shooting stats, plus what we see on the court of them being clueless to come to the end of the games, means that something else is wrong, and that's what's causing them to be a bad team.
1: Well, they are where they should be in terms of record. If you're looking at the average points and points per game, they're minus four. They're a little bit worse than... Is that their
3: Pythagorean number? Yeah, they're
1: Pythagorean, yeah. So that's kind of where they should be. So I'm not exactly sure how to put that to the the close game situation. I don't think they should be. I mean, I think they should be better than than what they are. And there's a lot of a lot of rubes and homers who are like, next year if Thibodeau is coach, they should be in the playoffs. Um, which is crazy, but it's also not that far off. I mean, they have 20. They just won tonight, so 23 wins, and. They're going to end up with like 27. They're, they could be a 15-win improved team next year with a decent coach. So some of it is they just need to get better um, executing from a player perspective and playing with each other more and knowing what they're going to do at the end of the games. And the other part of it, I think, is probably just Sam Mitchell being, uh, being over, overmatched, not being a great head coach. An amazing assistant coach, probably not a great head coach. So I would think some of that would be shored up um, through coaching. But again, I mean, minus four, Pythagorean, that looks... I don't know.
2: So what you're telling me is this is as bad as they should be. They're not just unlucky, and it's not just the end of games. It's every part of the game.
1: No, I mean, it certainly is end of games, but I just think that's... It's not like baseball where a one-run game is a coin flip. I mean, even the simplest example of baseball has a lineup, so... You know, if you in the ninth bottom of the ninth inning were allowed to choose your three best players to go up and bat, then those one run games wouldn't seem the exact same. Um, So that's usually kind of an equalizer in baseball that you don't really have in basketball. And usually, um, you would think the good teams kind of come out on top. But I had not seen the 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 order of the list that you pulled up um, numbers wise. If it if it truly is like you know Oklahoma City is really bad at the end of games or the clippers or somebody who's who's legitimately a good team that would be kind of odd to me but
2: now you're you're right i'm i'm looking at the list here still and it is the league's worst teams that have the worst winning percentages worst winning percentages in these clutch situations so maybe that is the truth if you're bad during games you're also bad at the end of games
1: yeah and i think a lot of times is um I think that it has to be a combination of of those things. Defenses are way better at the end of the games. the The team's best players are in at the end of games, and true or not, it seems like refs don't call as much.
2: Um, then is either. that is that true in any other sport that defenses are much better in the in the crunch time than they are the rest of the game? It's not like it's not like you see NFL teams that are just like, well. It's the first quarter. We're just going to ease up on defense and let them have a couple touchdowns.
1: No, because the first quarter could decide a football game.
2: Isn't I mean, the points in the first quarter in a basketball game count the same as they do in the fourth quarter.
1: They do, but because of, there's so many scored and it's so much more likely to to mount a comeback, that I, I just don't think. You know, the first quarter to me in basketball matters less than the first. Two innings in baseball, the first quarter of football, and the first period in hockey—for sure. It just has that. Just that has to be the way it is. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really put into words why, but that's why people shit on basketball so much, right? Like I don't need to tune in to the last whatever.
2: Yeah, but I don't what, think they're I right. Mean,
1: but I don't think they're like completely making it up.
2: As a person who loves basketball, though, you're basically admitting that they are correct.
1: No, I just think that the the there are fewer games lost in the first quarter in the NBA compared to the first quarter in the NFL. There are way more chances for a comeback whether it's the just the volume of points scored in general, um whether there's just con- there's always runs happening one way or the other. I don't know I don't know why that is, but I do think that's true and fair, and it doesn't make me like basketball any less. Like, I still love watching the first quarter. I just, I just know that the game. You could make the argument that that's even more fun because, you know, the game is not. Old. How many Vikings games have you watched where, like, twelve minutes into you're like, "Fuck this." It happens a lot. Every one of them. Every one <laughs> right. of them in my whole entire life.
4: <laughs>
1: but you know, I mean, the odds of coming back from a. 10-point deficit in basketball. If the teams are evenly matched, the odds of coming back from a 10-point deficit in basketball is pretty high. The odds of coming back from 14 points or whatever in, in football is w- really low. So, I don't know. That's not apples to apples either. But
2: All right. Well, we're not here to argue the various merits of NBA versus other sports. I'm just... I think we're I, agreed. I, agree.
1: I think we're agreed. It's the best sport. <laughs>
2: I I think we can all agree that the best sport for sure is NASCAR.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Is that still a thing? Is NASCAR still a thing? I mean, I know it's technically, but I remember like a few years ago, ratings had just cratered. Is it now just kind of settled into that level of, it was huge for, it seemed like it was huge for a
2: while. I think sort of the same way as golf enjoyed sort of a renaissance when Tiger Woods. Mm Mm-hmm came up and suddenly everybody was watching golf and then Tiger turned out to be sleeping with everybody in the entire world. and Including us, which is incredible. He, you know, he got old and he got hurt and he hasn't been the same since. And now it's basically just me and Brian Stensaus who watch golf.
1: You still watch it, huh?
2: Well, hmm. it's mostly on Sunday afternoons when I want to feel like my dad. I'll go down to the and, basement uh, and just wanna... turn on golf and fall asleep. And that's fun. You watch it when you want to feel tired. Is that what you're saying? I watch it when I'm when I'm thinking. It's it's good dad practice. you got to admit just, that.
3: You're, you're just missing Jim Nance from football season. That, yep, you
2: know, exactly.
3: Checking on Will Nance. I want, Nancy. I yeah. want
2: Feel Seams feel to check in from 15.
3: <laughs> well, Gene.
2: Well, Gene, you got about a nine iron from here.
1: It's the sport equivalent of Sleepy Time Tea. Mm.
2: Yep. For sure. And I say that as somebody who regularly watches cricket. So,
1: Yeah, wow. Shots fired. So I think the um, the Wolves are way more exciting than they've been in late March than I can't remember how many years. And their future is still just as bright as it's been. So that's a good story. It's really – and Carl Anthony Towns has Rookie of the Year locked up. That's two years in a row. Ah. Uh, good if you don't care about wins they're a really fun team to watch <laughs> yeah.
3: if you don't care about results they yeah. are a solid solid entertainment option
1: yep yep <laughs> but you can put it away too and enjoy the wolves versus warriors and then john yells at you for for enjoying no, the a really
3: fun game they took they took the very best team in the league to the final minute yeah. and they lost just like john predicted they would so you know what are you gonna do it was a fun game to watch. I don't regret watching it. It was fun. I enjoyed it.
1: I do think that we overstate the, well, obviously this team's going to win at the end. Uh, that You know, the upsets happen a lot. I think it's similar to football with end at the end of the year when one team is trying to get into the playoffs and the other team has nothing to play for. The team that mm-hmm. has nothing to play for wins those games way more than you'd expect them to. So I think it was good that you, they could have done it, man. That's what I'm saying. They could have done it. But they didn't. They didn't. He did not. Okay, so do you guys want to talk about the Twins?
2: Sure, always. Uh,
3: twins are good. Let's... They're fun. Team, two, team 2016. We have at least two Bam people right? on Team 2016 here.
1: Two people in the Bam world, Bam and they're both on this phone call right now. Is that what we're saying? I
3: think there's more than me and Clarence.
1: How many people have you guys... But how many people that are on the bag and bandwagon with you guys are just on the team this year? Is it a lot of them, or have there been people just sort of building to like? No, I legitimately think this is the year.
3: I, I, I don't know. I, I, we might be on this. We might be defending the hamburger hill alone here. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm um, not afraid. Yeah, I just, you know, why not? Why not us? Why not now? That's what I'm going into. I love that. The year with.
1: I love it. Okay, well. We should do a. We'll do a proper preview maybe next week. Do you guys want to?
3: Any interest in? Sure. Like a like an over under turds and bros that type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like our our annual actual like we're we'll, we're all going to wear our um, our podcast in tuxes. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> really do it upright. Okay. I'm
3: efforting a guest for that. Just that's Ooh. what I've been trying to do for the last week. So, but that's not working. So. God, I hope it's Herbeck. Oh, it's, man. Not, it's not Herbeck. Herbeck be it, on this. If it's Ken Herbeck, I will
2: cry throughout the entire podcast. Can you imagine Ken Herbeck trying to handle the Google Hangout?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a Herbeck and TK on a Google oh, Hangout.
3: Geez. Just
1: Herbeck runs and
3: angry. Herbeck will just be in the toilet the whole time. <laughs> just
1: taking a shit while eating ribs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, okay. If I, can, if I can make that work, I'll let you guys know. So no one's gonna figure it out so we mean, definitely should... regardless of if we have a guest or not we should do the preview obviously it's the regular season starts or our podcast that is two weeks from now mm-hmm. i think it does i believe it does so Stu, how, Maybe how much keep it brief here make it keep it keep it short keep it quick keep it tight you know this it... board of podcast difference is uh a not meandering at all and keeping it really.
1: Yeah, we do we a tight 90. Topics and get out. <laughs> we do a tight 90 every week. I think people mm-hmm. come to expect the efficiency. Mm-hmm. Brevity is the soul of the sportive, as yeah. you know.
3: <laughs> Keep brevity, for a show title brevity and
2: nuance. <laughs> it's what we do, the nuance <laughs> leaders.
3: Yep. Um, so, Stu, have you been watching much?
2: The actual- I have not
3: watched a single inning of a single fucking preseason game. Me I've been reading a whole bunch about him. I've been reading the recaps every day. And, um, but just, I haven't gotten to be in front of a TV during a spring training game.
1: And how do you feel about who they're heading North with? You like, I you like love, the squad?
3: I like the offense. Yep. And I mean, I like park bang. I like the park bang. Um, You're I'm worried park. about the starting pitching, but I was going to worry about that no matter what, uh, Duffy got banged around again today, and it sounds like he might not even make the trip north. They might keep him down in the AAA. Yep, and, and go in the last go Malone. They already let uh, Jerkoff Barrios go to the uh, minors as well. So mm. it's it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know. I understand the service time. I understand the service time argument. I get it. I don't know why they're lying about it. Just say. Just be honest about it. I, unless that's like a like a labor agreement thing that they can't be honest about it. I bet they can't. I, I that, never that, thought that, about it like until the, just now. That's the best thing Clarence has tweeted in a good two, three weeks. No offense to Clarence. He has a very consistently good Twitter feed, but that was a really good tweet about that, about tribes in Africa who've never you know, seen a newspaper, knowing that that was a complete lie when the twins <laughs> said it. <wasn't. laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> that was, that's good. Yeah, that, is that, was, good. that was a good one. So yeah, I You know, it's interesting.
1: The Twins seem to be, and probably not on purpose at all, but one example of a team that um, had some success with basically five number five starters was the Royals last year. I don't know if you remember, their starting staff was not good. They were like 12th in ERA or something. And it's very similar, actually, to not like I want to talk about them, but the Vikings having the same game, same blueprint as the Broncos of like a. Just try to have an awesome defense and an okay offense, and the point for both of them is, hey, it works. And then through gritted teeth, have to be like, yeah, like once every twenty years, this works. (laughs) So the one of the twenty already happened. So I think you're right. the The starting staff is a little little concerning, but there hasn't been a whole lot of insane. There's been no Jason Bartlett this
3: year, right? No,
2: there hasn't yet been a Jason Bartlett. There's still time. <laughs> they
3: might call him Jason Bartlett. You, you could you argue, argue that Nolasco is the Jason Bartlett. Argue,
4: I think you is. could argue that's a reasonable argument. Sure. Okay, yeah. Him is still bench,
3: I'm i am happy with it. Danny Santana and Oswaldo Arcia as the bench guys are—that's a major improvement over benches of if- years past.
2: What if they give Carlos Quentin a spot on the opening day roster, even though he hasn't Starting played...
3: Starting
2: in center field. <laughs> in <2005, laughs> yeah,
3: that's yeah, quite, that, that would be problematic. That, that would be there a,
2: a problem. There's still time is what I'm saying. We're saying like, oh, this will never happen. And that's when it happens. This is the Twins. Yeah.
1: You know, there are so many times when we, in the in the media, you know, us media members, that mm-hmm. we shit on these organizations for being stupid. And a lot of times we're right, you know, but there's... For me, at least, there's always something back in my mind of like, well, they know something that we don't know, and it seems a little weird on its face, but there's something else happening. Bartlett was one of those moments when we all knew how dumb it was and laughed and laughed, and I got so (laughs) much pleasure out of that that even though it's terrible and I wish that our organization was smarter than that, it was a very nice moment to be like, man, it's good to remember that sometimes... Rich, successful people are way dumber than you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that makes me happy, but maybe it should make me mad.
4: Nobody knows anything. Nobody
1: that's knows anything. Yeah, little it little kind little of little. gives you Nobody confidence, I think, anything.
3: to go through just life. Tattoo that on your forehead, and then, mm-hmm. you know, that's all you need to know. Yeah, so you I see it I, in the uh, every day.
1: It's totally true, and it's not obviously just baseball. I, I think that about um, I, everything. You know, corporate America, everything. where I work, everything. is like, these exec i mean i don't want to shit on my current i like my organization at all but like just in general like even executives or whatever they you know they're not all geniuses Mm -mm. so it's just a little advice for you for you young kids nobody knows anything
4: Mm -hmm.
3: shoulder to the wheel damn right eddie escobar
4: nose to the grindstone every day yep keep your head down That's that's the way to do it do your job
1: uh, you love you love Belichick's motto so much. Is, Is that Belichick's? Belichick's motto? Do your job.
4: Did you just make that up?
1: Yep, that's Belichick. That's the, that's the team up. motto I, of the I've Patriots. Really?
4: I've never I've, heard I'm that. Sure. I'm, I'm I follow getting... the NFL fairly closely. Yep, he copyrighted it. Shut up. It's He's got <laughs> fucking out. t-shirts. No, he doesn't. Belichick
1: LLC. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Really good T-shirts.
3: Just Google "Do Your Job" and it see a logo of VCR with a bunch of tapes of other teams' practices. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I I'm invite not sorry. you. That's a good joke.
1: I invite you to Google "Do Your Job."
2: I just did, and unbelievably, Brandon is correct. Really? Yeah, I, I he have no be, idea. He he Shut may up. even be doing like corporate speaking gigs
4: with well, that. <laughs> the entire thing. Now I'm just. I'm done. I thought I I've told that. you about
1: this many times in the past. Have no. I forgotten to every time you say do your job? I've always meant to I've send never you that. Heard his... Oh my god! Well,
4: why does he get that?
1: He started it, baby. That's his deal. That's his Dude, thing. Just shit. that's all that he oh, cares about god. is doing <laughs> your job. My old
4: man was saying that in like '83. Yeah, well, and he raking fucking leaves. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> your old Belichick man was the
1: win. was the linebackers coach for the Browns. Though I mean, the head coach was Belichick, so he got it from no. Bill Belichick.
2: There was once an NFL Films production titled, Do Your Job, Bill Belichick and the 2014 New
1: England Patriots. <laughs> I know Do Your Job is obviously not a copyright thing. I was joking about that. But th- that's been the mantra of that organization for many years. And that's why people are talking about, oh, they pulled this guy off the scrap heap and he doesn't have the athleticism. They're like, we don't give a shit about that. This guy knows how to do his job. Like, he knows how to stay in his lane and, and hit the hole that wow. he needs to hit and all that that's- sort of
4: stuff. and cheat.
1: They, they in, in know how, where to... Buried the bodies.
2: Forget, forget football. In terms of pure corporate motivational speak, that is the most vapid, inane thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my whole life.
1: It well, honestly,
2: it only the makes it as, only as make... a leader of an organization. Here's the philosophy I use: Do your job. Oh, well, that just unlocks everything, there, Nostradamus. Well, of wait, course, do your should job.
4: I should I do my job or not do my job? I'm. Just... Oh, let me no. let me Google. Look at my T-shirt. Yeah. What would Bill Belichick oh, do? Uh, no, yeah, obviously. Jack
2: Welch in charge of General Electric never had insights like this. Tell me more. I
1: <laughs> I think it. I think the only job that I can think of, off the top of my head, thinking for the last five seconds, that that actually makes sense as a good motto is in football, where there's a lot of people who, are you know, try to I don't know, improvise or. Play a hero ball or whatever they're trying to do. It's only because in baseball it's insane, right? Do your job. Like I'm going up to bat by myself. Uh, there's no other thing for me to do besides <laughs> do my job. Maybe <laughs> basketball or hockey or something, but football. I think that's the
4: the. Ever seen Drew Butera?
1: Do your job. Well, I'm just. Uh,
4: it's a it's a good. We'll thing. do a preview of the Twins next week.
2: I'm just I'm dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded that that's an actual thing,
1: John. Are you? Uh, awesome segue alert. Are you dumbfounded by any moves the Twins have made? I know I asked Stu, but what about you, John?
2: Well, I'm just. I, I remain dumbfounded by the their attitude towards the starting rotation. That you can take, you can take who may be your two best pitchers, there's an argument to be made. I think I said this last week. Mm-hmm. There's an argument to be made that Trevor May and Jose Barrios are your two best starting pitchers. Now, Santana was awesome down the stretch last year, and Phil Hughes was good two years ago. So you can you can argue with me about what order all those guys should be in. But yep. I I think we probably all agree that, uh, that May and Barrios are among the Twins' five best starting pitchers, and one of them's in AAA and one of them's in the bullpen. Yeah. And you it's funny you mentioned the Royals because all of a sudden a lot of, you know, the Royals win the championship and everyone's thinking, well, maybe we can do what the Royals do. Maybe all we need is terrible starting pitching <laughs> and three amazing relievers, yeah. and then we'll be fine. And I get the argument, except the Twins... Three amazing relievers are Glenn Perkins, Kevin Jepsen, and Trevor May, which is not exactly the same thing. They also They're good,
3: but it's not lights out. They yeah. bottled
1: lightning. Stop trying to replicate yeah. the bottled lightning team. It's like trying to replicate the Warriors. Like, there's no other way to have that happen. It's only happened once in 50 years, so don't yeah, try to like, copy that team.
2: It's like looking at the Warriors and being like, all right, we need two guys who can shoot. Mm-hmm. And one guy who can shoot and play defense, and like a That's versatile
1: defensive player. Yeah, there we go. Yeah,
2: we're done. That's so we got Zach Levine, and I, I don't know why we're not better. It's, I mean, Kevin Jepsen's a fine reliever. Glenn Perkins obviously is an excellent reliever if he's not hurt, and Trevor May has been good in the bullpen as well. But they're not. None of them are amazing. None of them are other teams looking at it and going. Boy, I wish we had. I wish we had Trevor May in the seventh inning. That would that, that's the last piece for us.
1: The combined projected war for those three is two wins.
2: And it, it matters even more if you're saying, "Well, we we really want May to be in the bullpen, so he's going to throw 80 innings this year. And meanwhile, you're throwing 165 innings of Ricky Nolasco out there to lose every fifth day. It just makes no sense to me."
1: Yeah, you're right Yeah, that's, It's yeah, not going to be very know. watchable either Having just a bunch of number 5 starters Is like I don't know, I'm not really going to look really, Forward okay, to tuning now, let's,
3: in okay, to now, Let's be fair here, Brandon Tommy Malone might be more of a 6 <laughs> That's true a five.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to rush to the TV When Tommy Malone's starting
3: I feel bad for him He's, you know Tommy Malone Poor He's, a mommy got, a good, he's got a good picture name Got a good spoonerism. Good spoonerism. Small, smallish dude. Just you know. But yeah, I, I, I'm on team 2016. I just, I spoke to a lot of dingers, a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of hugs, a lot of high fives, and I just. Uh... The twins, <laughs> the twins are
2: kind of going at this with the NBA defense theory of you know we'll just be there at the end of the season. We'll have everybody in place by the end of 2016. and well,
3: be I mean, that it, it worked last year. So, I mean, uh, the offense is better this year. Starting pitching is roughly exactly the same. So, Park Bang is really my... Uh, yep, that's your argument.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Sorry to argue with.
1: We need Byron Buxton to be like...
3: Semi, do he's done at every level. Like, take a little time and then figure it out, and then be awesome.
1: Just semi competent at the plate, and he's going to be so fucking fun to watch defensively on the base paths. Everything. I'm yeah, I mean, just he's remembering gonna, he's gonna now
3: be best to fly balls in the outfield. That is, I think, a that's a guarantee. I think. He's I'm just,
1: remembering the joy. Besides Miguel Sano uh, hitting just like 600 foot bombs and his unbelievable plate discipline, which is just. You wouldn't think it would be exciting to watch, but knowing his it's age and he was a rookie, was fucking, he it does. was cool to see. The other thing that I forgot that was so joyful last year was Buxton like using his arms to slow himself down when he was running too fast. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, he'd like beat a he'd round beat a, first, round he'd first, he'd and like, like, oh my god, where I'm going to fall over here? I'm going uh, 17 miles per hour, and I'm on one leg, and you know, it's like a golf cart out of control.
2: His arms are still pumping, but they're going exactly at a right angle to the base path somehow. Like, his upper body is turned 75 degrees away from where he's going, and he's basically running backwards, and still somehow he's lapping a swallow RC on the bases. It yeah. just looks like he's running with a stake in the ground behind him.
1: Yeah, so I'm, that's, I just need him to be semi-competent at the plate, and then it's going to be a really fun summer, because that's you know, like, Joe Maurer, is, even if he comes back somewhat, he's never really been a ton of fun to watch. Uh, Ed Escobar, yeah. you know, again. Yeah. Everyone said the about Mauer, great
3: interview, but kind of a boring player. That's yeah, pretty much what everyone said about Maurer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ed Rosario's exciting. He's an exciting player. So there should be some moments. I'm just trying to look past the actual wins and losses and think about, like, what's the super fun reason to tune in and – uh Snow and Buxton. I think that's kind of the key. John, are you mad about anything else?
2: I'm mad about everything.
1: Be, uh, are you mad about anything else that you need to get off your chest right now, specifically regarding the twins?
2: Is it twins related? No, I don't think. I don't think I have anything specifically. I there will be time during the twins preview to talk about why. Mickey also know who's playing right field and that sort of thing, but let let's save it for later.
1: Okay, we'll get into that. Did you see the news this week that A. Rod is retiring, mm-hmm. but he's not? He's retiring in two years.
2: <laughs> he's not retiring before he has a chance to bleed the Yankees dry.
1: Which I think is good. You should bleed them dry.
2: I, I was <laughs> going to say Tom, take money, <laughs> just
1: take it's, the money. It's the money. It's, it's hilarious
2: good. that he's like, "Oh, when he uh, have you thought about retirement?" And he's like, "Well." My last paycheck is scheduled this day, so I'll give my two-week notice that day.
1: <laughs> Probably the last time I get paid after yep. that is when I'm retired. It's sort after of true that, for all of I'm us. Done. I'm retiring when I can't make money anymore. That's going to be the case. Hey, is he still roundly hated by most fans, or has it always been sort of like the, the, the cheap seats love him? What's the, what's the status on him? Do you have any I idea?
2: Thought he, I thought he was one of those guys that no one liked.
3: So he's just, he's, he's just universally disliked, but he's such a goofball. It's, I, I, I don't know if he rounded into this. Just, he's just so weird. Kind of like how Barry Bonds was that he sort of ended up. Well,
1: well, he's a goofy. Like, is he going to be celebrated? Not, he's not going to be has given. He picture the,
3: of himself as a centaur in his room. <laughs> I want to, I want to point that out. I'm that's, not going to
1: look up to see if that's true or not. I choose to it's believe absolutely it's true. true. You may look it up. <laughs> uh, He's not going to get the Derek Jeter, uh, everybody line up to blow him, oh, send God. off. No. But is he going to get somewhat of a... Do you think fans are going to be screaming at him for his, his... Or are they going to be clapping and doing the...
3: I think it'll be a mixed bag.
1: So I wonder if he... I don't know if you guys watched The Office, but Michael Scott did a thing where he said he was going to leave in two days, but then he left like the day beforehand because he didn't want to say his goodbyes. This would be actually a really genius move by A-Rod. Like a fake-out, I'm going to retire in two years, but then at, retire after the first one, just so fans don't get a chance to like throw shit at him on his actual last game. Like this year, they'd be like, just, just hold on to the batteries. Let's wait till next year. I don't want to blow my arm out. And then he just ghosts.
2: That seems like the exact opposite of what A-Rod would do. No, like, Yeah, A-Rod would come back the next year. Who has the retirement tour, and then the next year is like, Guys, I felt the warm outpouring of love from everyone, so we're back it. for another
3: year. I want to do it again. It's, he doesn't Ron... really want to be liked, but he just has no idea how to do it. Yeah, he's like,
1: this he's generation's like... Carl Lewis.
3: Just desperate, so. desperate. Desperate you to be liked. To take... I'll take steroids and home runs. Everyone loves home runs. Look at me, hit all the home runs. No, <laughs> like sorry.
1: You did it the wrong way. Home we home. like the way David Ortiz did steroids and hit home runs. That's the you way do. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. More relatable. It's better, but it's... Yeah, didn't Roger Clemens do that, though? Like, he retired three years in a row? I think so, yeah.
3: He basically was the Favre.
1: Yep. I just love love being wanted. Yep. Okay, so proper twins preview in a week. big
3: sport of MLB preview next week. Wade, mark it down on your calendar. Herbie. Get all all the snow off your dumb car in dumb Apple Valley, and uh, we'll be...
1: (laughs) herbeck and TK set up your Wi-Fi herbeck we and need TK to get that extra. Get your
3: set up <laughs> uh,
1: okay um, so I don't John I don't think you're angry enough yet I want to ask you to get a little angrier can you talk to me oh, we're giving too much coverage of this but I it just it, it's just it's tickling me pink right now. Can you talk to me about Big Ten hockey <laughs> and what the fuck is going on? What what is happening? Seven people show up to the championship games.
3: There it, were more people there than that on Saturday. I was actually the, I was at the uh, next door at the Roy, and there was a good, there was a decent crowd.
1: Okay, okay. So yeah. never mind. I'm I gonna will, back, will, I'm gonna I will back it up go beep, for beep, hockey in this beep, beep, one
3: instance. They had tracking. a decent turnout for that Saturday game.
1: Decent turnout. Okay.
3: Yeah. Fair enough. They wouldn't let me walk in to watch the game. Is how I can tell you. <laughs> that. So, like, I oh, wandered around the lobby of the X for a little bit, and hey, any mind if I go check? No, you need a ticket, sir. It's like, oh, okay. And well, I'll Whatever.
1: buy a soda.
2: Mm.
3: It was it was a little strange because it had been a lot of years
2: since I had the experience of reading the paper in the morning and being hit with like the front page headline that I had no idea that it was coming. Because with the with the internet and stuff, usually now it's like, oh, everybody knew this was going to happen, and then three days later, or you saw it on Twitter all day yesterday, and now the story in the paper today covers something that happened yesterday. But I I opened the paper this morning, and the big headline on the front of the sports section was big big ten.
0: Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.
2: hockey to add Notre Dame in 2017 and I was like it, it was just one of those moments where I was like you mean men's hockey? Real this life. Is their, this is their answer? This is what they think is going to fix Big Ten hockey? And it's infuriating to me because it's Here we go. represents them doubling down on what was already wrong with the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten exists. I mean, we've been over this many times. The yeah, Big Ten exists preach Barry it. Al- Barry Alvarez is a moron, but it exists it exists specifically because Penn State added hockey and needed someone to play and because Penn State added hockey and because the Big 10 network exists and because the Big 10 wanted to try to milk try to get a little more blood out of the, out of that particular stone and put some more Big 10 games on the Big 10 hockey network they they added hockey as a sport and so Minnesota Probably alone among those teams, sort of got dragged along, kicking and screaming for the ride. For for Penn State, obviously the Big Ten is excellent because they, if you're a Penn State fan and you're a crazy Penn, if you're a crazy person who lives in State College, mm-hmm. playing Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State is probably a good thing for you. And yeah. for Ohio State that has no sort of hockey tradition whatsoever, it's also probably fine because people there. What did they I mean, have they, going on?
1: I mean, they were ba- basically playing their own. Intramural yeah. Teams. It's
2: it, I don't. I never got the sense that anyone in Ohio particularly cared when Miami and Ohio State got together for the cross Ohio, the cross Ohio interstate rivalry in hockey. So for Ohio State, it's probably fine. Michigan and Michigan State also probably ended up ahead because they play a lot fewer games against Northern Michigan and a lot fewer and a lot more games against big teams. I maybe they're unhappy too. I I suppose there's probably an argu- argument to be made that Michigan in particular is unhappy and that they have such a great tradition of hockey in Michigan that they are in the same boat as Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But adding Notre Dame to the Big 10 is objectively something that helps Michigan. There's a long-running rivalry between Notre Dame and Michigan and everything. Mm-hmm. It's going to help Penn State, it's going to help Michigan, it's going to help Michigan State. It's going to help Ohio State. It's not going to help Minnesota or Wisconsin at all. No person in Minnesota gives a crap whether there's two more games against Notre Dame every year now. Well, what Minnesota if Notre Dame was really good? Sad, right? Well, I what what I ended up deciding was this hurts Minnesota and Wisconsin, but Wisconsin deserves it because this is Barry Alvarez's fault. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. wanted this. He should he deserves every bad thing that happens to it happens to Wisconsin in terms of Big 10 hockey but Minnesota got dragged into this and now it's just getting worse so we're Among the victims <laughs> i Among love being games. the victim there's four more games four more games that are going to be against Notre Dame which means there's four fewer games they can play against teams that actually matter like Saint Cloud State and it's just infuriating it's infuriating because <laughs> it's fairly clear that the Big 10 Conference office has no idea what hockey, what college hockey is about, and is just like I don't know who's good at football. You know, Michigan and Notre Dame. People seem to like that football game. Let's have ice football hockey. It's indoor ice football, right? That's what hockey's like. It has nothing to do with football rivalries. Their hockey exists outside of the sphere of football rivalries, and the people at the Big Ten office just seem to not have any clue that that's true. It's infuriating that they can't seem to understand that making taking football rivalries and making them hockey games does nothing. It means absolutely <clears throat> nothing to anyone.
1: You know, there's this, um, this test in popular culture, movies I think in particular, but it, it might apply to television as well. Um, and I don't know the name of it, but it's essentially the test is during your TV show or movie, do two women have a conversation about anything besides the male lead character? And if it's not, called if, the Bechdel
3: test. The Brandon.
1: Bechdel test, and it's it's yes. brilliant, and it makes so much sense. And I think it's uh, it's a great thing to. If they don't, then your movie or TV show has failed, and it's whether you meant to or not, it's a sexist show. I honestly, I I kind of think that we need to do one of these tests, or would love to see one of these tests being done behind closed doors of these conversations about hockey, of like, are you able to have a conversation about hockey that doesn't invoke football during your conversation? Like, can you just actually (laughs) talk about hockey uh, and let it stand on its own? And my guess is probably not. But that is, John, you're very right that it's odd to me to think that these rivalries will just inherently carry over. But it, let me ask this: Is Notre Dame good? Do they have a good tradition of hockey? Is it helpful just in terms of having decent quality? They made the tournament
3: seven of the last eleven years. Yeah, so they're,
1: they're, they're
2: fine at hockey. That's not the problem. Here.
1: But so your your challenge is that the quality takes a backseat to tradition, right?
2: My my challenge is that college hockey is fun. Outside of the sphere of what people think of as traditional rivalries,
1: and by traditional, typically football,
2: it's typically based on football and men's basketball. Yep, because I mean those are obviously by f- much much more popular than college hockey. Yeah. So if you if you know nothing about college hockey, you think well Minnesota, or M- Michigan, and Ohio State that must be a huge game. Those teams must be awesome at college hockey. Well, Michigan's good. Ohio State's terrible.
1: It is a funny concept to think about. Like someone's just walking around Ann Arbor randomly and just sees like a on the outside of the ice arena. Oh, Notre Dame's here. Let's go into that sport. I don't know what they're playing or what's going on, but hey, it's Michigan-Notre Dame. Let's just go check it out. There must be a very huge rivalry here. It's like, what the fuck? That has nothing to do with it. Yeah, John, I'm so, going to ask you to play devil's advocate, and you're you're not going to want to play devil's advocate on this. But um, is there any um, is there is there any way that these conversations that I've been having about creating the Big Ten uh, hockey conference and that that wasn't at heart all about greed? Like, what is the other potential? Just play devil's advocate here. What is the other potential point of view that these people are having? Let's say they're all like, I don't care about the money. Let's let's pretend that they think that. Is that possible?
2: We're pretending pretending they don't care about the money?
1: Mm, Yeah. Yep. Is it possible that they are... Is there any scenario here that makes sense beyond just cold, bald-faced greed?
2: Okay. I'm going to (laughs) try... I don't know how you can take greed out of the equation of anything the Big Ten does. It's
1: fair but, if that's the answer. I'm just wondering, like, what would... Okay, so let's say we put them on, some, on a trial, the people who've made these decisions. They're not going to say, we just want a bunch of fucking money, man. What is their they, point of view, at least? What are they going to lie about?
2: Well, let's see. They might say that they felt six teams was not enough for a proper conference schedule that they wanted to grow the league with a school that was broadly similar to the teams that were already in the Big Ten. But why did the and Big Ten so,
1: come into existence in the first place? Was that is that just like pure, like we think rivalries will be created cross sports and it'll just be a thing? Is that their point? Yes. That's a bad point, and it makes me
2: upset. Mm-hmm. Their idea was, well, Penn State and Ohio State – when they play at football, it's awesome. So when they play at hockey, it's probably awesome too, right?
1: Wow. That is that is so stupid that you're right. It has to just be greed. That's that's the underlying, right?
2: Well, I mean, they, they created their entire TV network so that they could have a reason to charge cable operators so people could see their football teams play in the fall but there's a lot of the year that's not football season you gotta put some on TV then unfortunately you can't make people watch men's gymnastics every day so yeah let's try to find something else this is why men's men's basketball games are no longer all on Wednesday night or Saturday afternoon anymore either you ever been to a men's basketball game that starts at 6pm because of TV Uh, not a lot of people can make it on time because traffic's still terrible Starting a men's basketball game at 6 p.m. is a terrible idea. And if you've ever been to a go-for-basketball game that starts at 6 p.m., even when they're good, you'll notice the arena is about a quarter full at the start of the game because just getting to the arena is impossible at that time. But you got to do it because the Big Ten wants two games. They want a doubleheader.
1: It just seems and- to me so obvious that college athletics in general is being and will the the ruin of it will be, looking back on it, just pure – Unadulterated greed, and I don't want it to be that simple. Like I feel, I'm again, I'm trying to always pull everything into the gray zone, gray area. But maybe there isn't this time. Maybe it is just that black and white.
2: To be the only thing you can say is that that's also true of every other sports organization that has existed in the history of sports, and sports are still going well. So.
1: Hmm has it been this calculated and this fans hate every single move you make i mean i don't think i don't think we think that about baseball there's some things that suck but it's not just pure greed that's ruining i mean baseball's not ruined but the problem with baseball is not greed the problem with basketball is not greed football maybe Well, or uh, nfl if,
2: if you look at the current the current state of college football i think if if you compare it to say, the 1980s, when if you couldn't go to the stadium, you never saw your team play any games because the College Football Alliance or the NCAA before that controlled all the TV contracts, and they didn't want any games on TV because then people wouldn't go to the stadium, they thought. (laughs) yeah, It's objectively better now that you can see every Gopher game no matter what versus you had to listen on the radio up up until basically... Yeah,
1: but that's not credit to the... NCAA or whatever, right? It's just no. It's not
2: credit to the NCAA, but it's certainly a credit to the Big Ten Network, which as which gave another outlet for stuff for games to be on TV and stuff that never existed before. (laughs) So, in that sense, it's objectively better, but it's also objectively worse in a lot of ways too. So, it's you can trace this back as far as you want, but. Ultimately, the the focus on football and men's basketball is detrimental to everything else that happens, and unfortunately, hockey, which is popular in three places in America, gets caught in the crossfire. And the big would you, would you
3: say some of your anger is based on Notre Dame having eight Minnesota kids on their team? No, none of my anger is based on that.
2: Zero. Okay. Well, how many college hockey teams have eight Minnesota eight Minnesotans on them? Two, I'm guessing a lot. Three,
1: four. Non-Minnesota hockey teams.
2: Yeah, like if you go down to Quinnipiac's roster, how many Minnesotans are on Quinnipiac's roster?
1: I mean, we do this every week after oh, we I mean, press we stop. We always go it. down to Quinnipiac's roster. Connecticut, wherever Quinnipiac is. It's Pennsylvania, oh. right? Did we agree that it's Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> they're, they're, on a lot, they're on the lost island.
2: <laughs> this I is, like still don't know where it is. This is for but sure our worst is, inside the joke. Is when are they?
3: <laughs>
1: okay, um, John. You, uh, I want you and Clarence to talk about the, the future of, of Don Lucia.
2: Yeah, I, I, this was actually a question that I wanted to ask Clarence. Do you fire Lucia, Clarence?
4: I do, but there is nobody currently in charge. So yeah. the, if the question is, do I, as, as me, yes. Will they? No. No. Because they don't have an athletic director, and they won't until July.
1: If you were put in <laughs> charge of the U of M, Clarence, would your first move be to fire Lucia, or would it be to blow up most of the buildings?
4: Blow the, up Wiseman. Most play here. Mostly mostly the Wiseman mostly. The Wiseman.
1: Yeah. Let's just yeah. let's just that, or just implode mm. the Wiseman, making sure people I would, would be safe. Of course.
4: Yes, I, I would. I'm not a, a monster. I would not make. I, I would make sure it's an empty building. But job number one would be to bulldoze the Wiseman. Okay, good. Strictly, for, it's twofold. It's a two-pronged strategy. One, it sends this clear message: fucking new sheriff in town. Clear goddamn message. I'm not going to bulldoze every building, Brandon. That's just insane. Yep, yep. I am bulldozing that particular building.
1: I just want to clarify here, sheriff in town. Are you sending People this quit. message to like? Potential builders, or who's the message that you really want to get this across? Of like, I will Everybody. bulldoze fucking buildings if I no, just in general. Of like you better get to class, no. motherfuckers.
4: You <laughs> sit down and you name a person. I'm uh, cab drivers. <laughs> message people in China. Message I, every single person on this earth in this planet. You Many know, I'm sending a message. <laughs> the good Many thing about this is professional is, <laughs> it, it's finally
2: somebody standing up to Frank Gary and being like, you know what, Frank, enough. You built the same building 49 times.
4: That damn crumpled up piece of aluminum foil. <laughs> Enough's enough. <laughs> I'm done with your shit. Everybody. And every, you know, the message that it sends is, you might be thinking, oh, I wonder if I can get away with it. You can't, motherfucker. I bulldoze the building. You think I won't ruin your shit? I bulldoze the fucking building. Designed by Frank Gary. Is bulldozed this the, to the ground? Is this the but script
1: of your spread. press release, your press conference afterwards? <laughs> There'll be no questions.
3: You're all on notice. Here's a picture of the ruins of the Wiseman building, here's a picture of my dick. <laughs> these, are, <laughs> these are my two statements on this.
4: You know, if we're thinking of hiring a football coach much like Tim Brewster, oh, you are? Is that what you're thinking, motherfucker? Did you not see what I did at the Wiseman building? You better hire a great athletic director and a great football coach, great hockey coach, great basketball coach.
1: I think all of this would be done through Twitter and just using a gif of the wise men imploding and just send it here, there, every single person who needs to be on notice. I did
4: this. You think Don Lucia is going to maybe just be a little bit more worried in his win at win or go home game against Michigan? Or do you think he'll have just kind of the arms folded? Ah, shruggy guy. Ah, we lost, uh ah, it happens. We missed the... <laughs> We missed the NCAA tournament. It happens. You got no, Tracy
1: Clays in the film room at 3 o'clock in a beautiful September Friday, just sort of gearing up and sort of watching some film, but it's a nice day, and he wants to go get himself a dilly bar. Then he remembers that bulldoze Wiseman is like, no, I'm fucking staying in here till midnight. That guy would murder <laughs> yeah. me.
4: He's going to see back. me, my arms folded up in the press box, looking yeah. down on him like Kim Jong-un, just Everywhere. fucking some goofy... Wild ass stare. Yeah, and you'll have and like a bunch of
1: fake lookalike Clarence Swamp towns all over campus, and people are never sure. Like,
4: is that the real one or is that the? Fucking I'm installing one? holograms. I'm installing them. <laughs> there you go. Everywhere. Perfect.
1: You got a slush fund. That's what it's for. That's what the fucking money's for. It's for. I'm
4: just tapping the nanny. For. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tapping nanny just for millions of dollars for holograms.
1: Gotta have holograms, baby. You know this. It's the future. Um, Gifts follow-up. and holograms.
3: Two follow-ups here. One joke, one serious. One, I really wish John was still employed by the U of M just so I could watch his face on the Hangout (laughs) right now. Because it would just be just a million dollars worth of fun for me.
1: (laughs) It'd be the face of somebody who has just like accidentally sort of pooped their pants on a first date.
3: Exactly. Exactly. God, did I ever give my real Straight name on this fear. thing? There's 151 episodes. I got all <laughs> oh go
1: my God. fucking God. This is all over. How am I going to get out of this? I'm at
3: a restaurant and I've pooped my pants. <laughs> first, um, and two, um, I don't think I'm talking out of school here, but I I do have some minor media contacts, and uh, they do say that uh, Nanny and Lucia hate each other's guts. I don't think that's uncommon knowledge. Is that uncommon? No, knowledge? it's not. Okay. It's not, it's common, yes. It's super common knowledge, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, I There's was an entire... I, I was curious if that's going to be what's the tipping point here in this offseason that Nanny's doesn't have enough leverage
4: to faction. do something. There's an entire faction, and Nanny is at the top of that. Uh, and I think and Nanny's ball. hated him since uh, before he won the
3: titles. I think he's hated him before even that. He didn't watch there in the
4: grudge thing. holder. The you know the people that within the cabal said Lucia you know uh, incompetent the game's passed him by they need some new fresh blood the ones that will defend Lucia say that that cabal never liked him to begin with he's an outsider he was didn't go to the U and um, doesn't have a list that's that's why Nanny and and his you know and his uh, <laughs> peers don't like him
2: which Lucia's pointed out a number of times to be fair they didn't offer him a scholarship to go to the U. <laughs> Well, so it's not like John. it's not like he chose several several other places to go. He's no, not I'm like just he chose getting into because he didn't. Now you're to play just getting into details
4: that like that's they, all. They didn't, old they didn't want me. A, I I would have played there. That's irrelevant, John. Yeah, he didn't the, go. The best way for Lucia to like
3: combat that would have been to like have like win like titles and shit, or like even make mm-hmm. the goddamn tournament this year. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, he's only, he has only himself to blame at this point.
4: Yeah, he's made his bed. Yeah, team they lose. They lost their best
3: player yesterday, if I remember right. Hudson Fashion went to
4: the they did. NHL. Mm-hmm. So, they did.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I I can't speak to it. I just was curious so, if that's going to be the main. But beyond the fact that there's complete turmoil in the uh, you know athletic department, if that was going to be the major mover and shaker here, as if nannies gonna have the final say because nanny he's he's got the bucks and he's got the voice and uh he's got pull and there's no other i think there's no balancing force against that
4: right now because the clearance Uh, there's nobody i don't know if if nanny had more pull the search committee in charge of looking for the new athletic director would not be led by the vice president of Equality, diversity, and, diversity
3: and, the, and, and the aerospace professor. And aerospace <laughs> professor.
1: <laughs> who knows <laughs> hockey besides aerospace engineers and diversity? Or footballers?
4: That's, that's who you're in charge of finding your athletic director. That's what universe am I fucking living in? I'm reading this, going, this is bullshit. Come on, come on, Christensen, you're, you're yanking my tit here. When did this? <laughs> uh, when should
1: this search have started? Six months ago? Nine months ago? How long ago was uh,
4: it? Well, let's see. What's his name? Teague got in hot water, what, August? So, yeah. what, so seven September? seven months ago.
1: So, seven and months ago, this should have happened. So, if the moment Teague was let go, if we would have been like, in nothing's going to happen for seven months, and then these are the two individuals that are going to be... Responsible for? What are the odds you would have gotten in Vegas on this actually playing out like a million to one? Right? Oh, like, there's no I, fucking I, way it's going to take seven months, okay. and there's no way you're installing. My, my, my those... take on
3: my take on this is that they're probably just going to keep Gates or Gates in the in the gig. If so if that throwing, is throwing like just a couple of professors out there to yeah. you know. You, you, you put, fine. put your finger
4: right it. on it. That is the the conspiracy. I don't want to call it conspiracy theory. That is the theory. The word, the word behind of the why. That otherwise, why didn't they just do it in September? The theory is they waited this long. There's no reason to wait this long. What? There was zero reason to wait this long. The reason why they waited this long is to give Getz experience so that they could hire her to see if she's complete. You know, you know. That's it.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's a fair point of view. Why wouldn't they just?
3: Yes, you can't say. That's why, that, why I don't want to right? call
4: it conspiracy theory. It's. No. What it is. It's.
3: I, I hate that. I, mean, I, I I still have no idea. I mean, I I know what makes a bad athletic director. <laughs>
4: because we yeah, have the being example. super touch i have seen that. I think in yeah. There hasn't been any super scandal. But, <laughs> but, but I'll tell I mean. you who doesn't know what makes a good athletic director. A professor of aerodynamic <laughs> space <laughs> fucking science. Or whatever. That's I, who I know doesn't know.
2: I do want to back up and mention, I looked up the search committee because I was wondering who this professor of aerospace engineering is. It's a guy who's been a faculty athletics rep for years and years. So it's not like he's never heard of it. It's not like he's going to show up at these meetings and be like, so, I like what playing. sports do we have now? Well,
4: Alpino, John, have it's a Pistino, funny. John. Has he been at the U? Get your so? facts. He been a...
2: Yeah, he's been a faculty athletics rep for a while. Well, then he has no idea face? what he's
4: doing. <laughs> has, he been one, has he been one at a successful athletic program? I, I, or just at the U?
2: No, if he's got tenure at the U, which I assume he does, he's been there for a while.
4: Then he's been only at the U. Then he has no idea what he's doing. What an okay. absolute! He has no idea how to build a successful athletic department. Well, if, if you want to mess. talk about
2: that, talk about Eric Keeler, who came here from Stony Brook. Which Jesus,
4: I fucking Christ! He Our has... president came from Stony
1: Brook. Stony There's Brook, no isn't God. that like a Montessori? Yeah, I, Stony Brook Montessori
4: I, I, up the road. They, it's a, they sell ice cream. One mm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Stony Brook. That's the guy in charge. <laughs> yep.
2: What an um, embarrassment got, of an organization that got, those people It's are.
4: embarrassing. What Beth a joke. Gets,
2: who was at Butler, but not involved with the basketball
3: team before she was here.
4: <laughs>
3: Beth, we
2: so, just need you not
3: to grab anybody's ass. You have the job. Don't grab anybody's ass. Beth That's is our...
4: <laughs> I can see them Beth saying the that to her to as clear. she's grabbing an ass. Like, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> not, not again?
1: <laughs> not tonight? No, no, no. In general... <laughs> So she is our
2: only hope. Is that are well, we agreed no, on that? I'm, I'm saying she's not our hope. She she came here from Butler where she wasn't involved with basketball, which if you're involved with Butler athletics and you're not doing anything with basketball, you're just fooling around. You're, That's like being in Minnesota and being only involved with I don't even know. Men's you, track. Men's uh, track's basketball. really good, but
1: No, but I'm saying she's our only hope, not that she's I have a ton of faith because I have nothing. I have no idea her uh, her bona fides, but it sounds like she's the front runner to to land the permanent gig. She absolutely is. This is a, an, an absolute embarrassment of an organization, top to bottom. The only chance of this becoming a even just I know that we are we are keeping our expectations low, just respectable. The only chance of this becoming a respectable organization is that she is really good at her job. Right? So she yeah. is, she, our eggs which are in her no, basket.
3: Which we have no idea about. We have No, no I, I'm not saying that I'm
1: good. I, I wouldn't bet a dollar on her being smart, but our eggs are in her basket right now because she's the only hope.
3: Either way, they're going to spend a lot of money on a search committee, so
4: what are you going to do? There, they have 16 people on this committee plus a a search, a search firm. I've got to get one of those gigs.
3: It's just
1: yeah. I mean, students are paying like seventy-five thousand dollars a year at this point, so I'm sure they got money to burn. You got to spend it. I can't.
2: It's an amazingly strange committee, too. Daryl Thompson's on it for some reason. What the (laughs) fuck, What? A current student athlete, the volleyball coach, um, is Goldie on it? uh, Maybe.
1: We don't have time to do any rankings there or anything, but from what this program and this size of a college could be to what they are, the disparity has to be one of the biggest in the country. Right. I mean, there's worse organization, there's worse, you know, top to bottom sports, but not many of them have the, the student size and the money that capacity, the capacity, the potential to be a name, whatever good college you can think of. Um, the fact they're that they're Billy not Madison. that is they are really <laughs> it's incredible it, it it's uh, it's almost impossible to do and they just can do it on almost every single sport
4: because they have no idea what they're doing yep they're just... no clue my favorite is the story John I'm sure you got a million stories but I heard I was reminded of this one today of uh the last time they went through this they <laughs> Somebody on the committee uh, wondered aloud why the men's baseball team and the women's softball team can't play on the same field.
3: That happened. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that happened.
3: Um, <laughs> that happened
2: before <laughs> they were remodeling Seabird. <laughs> was for was looking for, was looking for a new
3: stadium, and this was. This was a why vice the president team and the floor gymnastics share a share pool.
4: Trade the pool. This was I'm a vice president of
3: the university who nominally
2: oversaw athletics, and in a meeting said, "Well, why, why, why do they both need a stadium? Why can't the baseball team just play at the softball stadium we just <laughs> built?" And everyone just sat there and looked at it just dumbfounded. Like what? What did you just say? <laughs>
1: Only every reason. There's only every single aspect. That's the only thing. There's just this one small point. Is that everything's different? Just that's the only thing that's
2: different.
3: Oh, boy. oh I blame Ken Keller for all of this. Again, Nils Hasselmo. He's on Dave's <laughs> list. He's on my list.
4: Oh, son of a bitch.
2: So, let's go back to the original question. Clarence, would you fire down Lucia? He already said uh, yes. Yeah, I would. Well, actually, he went off on a tangent of he was going to burn well, no, down the He gave his, a... re-
3: he gave his reasons for okay. why. And... Who would you replace him with, Clarence? I that don't know. That actually is a good question. Is who is the guy?
4: I don't okay, know. Who, who, know... Do, who do
3: we know who Louis wants in there is probably a better
4: question. <sighs> that, that I don't know. That's a great question. It's I, all, he, Lou knows everybody. He knows. He's, he's so connected. Everybody. It's not even funny. I don't, I don't even have the first idea to know where to begin. Oh, shit. Who would Dave. be his?
3: It's, it's, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it's, John's
4: it's brother, Dave. John's brother?
3: Dave? It's John's brother, Dave. It's absolutely Dave.
4: Oh, that'd be something. I would love
3: I that. I'd love it. Boy. Finally, I, another coach getting into a fight with the fans. Finally. <laughs> it's, 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 been it's been so, so many long. years.
2: Um, there's always Mike Gensel, who's the grumpiest man alive. There's I saw somebody suggested Todd Richards, which just seemed
4: Oh I, mean, I saw he that for too the Gophers, mm. but
2: he also huh. has failed in a number of coaching jobs. Mm. I can't see why Todd Richards would necessarily be the 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 best possible candidate for What's he doing that? now? What's he been up to? I don't know. He must be an NHL assistant somewhere or something.
1: I'm not looking
4: it up. You never know who, who Lou's got up his sleeve. And it's not just him, it's all of his alumni buddies. And it's not just the old time alumni. He's in tight with all the guys that are from the early 2000s through the 90s and into the 80s, yeah. too. It's Darby not just Henderson? the 60s. And, yeah, it's the. Darps Hendrickson's. Crowley. You know. Bonnie. Uh, it's going to be Darby Hendrickson. There's my pick. Through the Go back to this episode. When you could, there's a million. It could be Housley. It could be. Yeah. You know, there's just so many different names you could throw throw out there. That uh... so
1: I've not been completely out of the loop, but I suppose somewhat. When did Lou become the
2: the godfather of this team? Uh, <laughs> about the time Doug Woog's faculty started to go.
1: Yeah. Okay, it, but then point. Lucia got hired, and I didn't I did not know that he had this much pull throughout the whole. Throughout everything, is this a new? We haven't talked about. It. We never talk about it. We've talked about Gopher hockey plenty.
2: Right. The Only time we talk about Lou is to talk about why someone would let Lou advertise the Mercedes. As well.
1: <laughs> Mercedes Deathclaw. Well, I know that is so Mercedes weird.
2: Development
4: part. Brandon, it's not so much about Lou that Toyota. No Just do Toyota here. Yeah, you okay. know, there's a uh, hundreds of guys that played hockey for the University of Minnesota. It's not. It's not so much that. I think the biggest thing is that. Lou has a shitload of money. Where did so he get all... How comes, does
1: he? Is he just? Is it because is like of this Mercedes or like that?
4: Yeah, he does some sort of investment, something or other. I don't know exactly what he right. does. Who the fuck knows? Okay, but so as he, he's got is a shitload of money, with that comes influence. Sure. So you know when he's at the Twins game, sitting next to. Wheelock Lock Whitney or whatever. You know, it's not just all about <laughs> hockey. It's he. He knows every mover and shaker in this town, and he's got a shitload of money. And with so, that but this comes so this is influence. not a
1: new development. We just somehow randomly have not talked about his power with his pull in the first 151 episodes. Okay, so we cut out for a second there. Um, but my question, I believe, was so. This amount of pull that Lou has has been constant for for years now, or is it just becoming more so now? Because again, the
3: Gophers are constant struggling for and, years, but he might actually be able to do something about something he's wanted okay. to do for a while, which okay. is get Lucia out of the EU.
1: So, uh, although yeah, it's not a perfect good job, comparison,
3: Lou. It only took you seventeen years. It's not a perfect
1: comparison, <laughs> but it's somewhat like Paul Molitor sort of waiting in the wings for however long it was, ten years, until his opportunity came up, and then. And then it happened mm-hmm. and it was like, wait, yeah, what the fuck? A fair, that's a fair comparison. Okay, it's the best I can do. Huh. Interesting.
3: So I guess it's we'll see. ten thirty should we move on to non sports?
1: Um yeah, so John, prepared.
3: I think you
1: had had wanted to discuss the Vikings offensive line. Do you want to wait on that?
2: Not particularly. It's just I we we have this ongoing thing with the offensive line and they now have fourteen right tackles and twelve left guards and still only one left tackle
3: <laughs> we've We've yeah. got five months we'll get to it. I think yeah. we'll probably we'll get to, we'll
2: it. Get to this before something ha- before something actually happens.
1: okay, so this is not non sports but it's not Minnesota sports. I want to know if any of you have an opinion or point of view on this adam Laroche Drake Laroche hubbub, if you will. are you paying attention? Do you know what it's about? Is this? Is this an open I know and shut obvious? To, like, make a
2: make a joke about it on Twinkie Town
3: last Friday, but I know um, Adam
2: Adam Eaton, who plays for the White Sox, said that Drake Larose, who's a 14 year old boy, was <laughs> one of the best leaders he'd ever seen. And I just I want you to imagine what it's like to be an adult man saying that about an eight year.
1: I mean, that's. I think the standard major league baseball player is probably at that. IQ level or not IQ that maturity level of like well that kid seems to have his shit together
4: it had to be taken out of context. It, I, re- I refuse to, to believe that, that quote. There's no way it was. It had to be. He wouldn't. He didn't mean it that way or something along those lines. I He's know a good kid. He's going to be a good leader
3: someday. It. We're teaching something him leadership along those skills. Lines. Yeah. The media jackal twisted it, is, I think. And I it's got to be. be. On there, it makes it's no gotta sense.
4: Be. And I, didn't, I don't care enough to go dig into it or read any further, but I saw it and I thought, that's nah, I ain't buying I didn't yeah, really meant to that. All I know about it is that it sounds
3: like they homeschool Drake, is that right? They well, take they him out of school. school. He's yeah, done and, with school uh, in March. They're, and they're taking him to hang out in a Major League Baseball clubhouse, which yep. is, well, that's weird, right? Icy hot in the jockstrap. I, and I, 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 it's, uh, it's not what I would do with my kids, but I, I'm low. Do what you want home. to do with your, yeah, I am too. I'm, do what you want to do with your own kid. Yeah, it's just yeah, just maybe not around all those swinging and decks.
1: And I those, <laughs> you know, there is I, a limit I, I though know. to like it's your kid. Do what you want though, right?
2: Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. in
1: most scenarios, you're not allowed to pull your kid out of school voluntarily. Don't you get in trouble for that? Social mm-hmm. services is called, and
4: they have to be in some sort of school.
3: Yeah. yeah, you don't.
4: You you can pull your kid from school, but then you can't just no you know, leave them at home right? all day. Yeah.
1: You Europe then have to
4: put them in now. a different school or school them yourself.
1: So they got some agreement with their school district of like, hey, Drake's got to go to spring training, so send us his tests, and then he hopefully will
2: pass. That's the public. shit, I don't know. Yeah, somehow the school district went for this, too. Like, yeah, hey, uh, so he's going to miss five months of the school year. Is that, that cool? They're like, you know what? Yeah, you don't need to be here to learn anything. Our, our academic progress for the students who remain in class is minimal really everyone could stay home
1: it's very odd and i'm trying to understand how like i want to get to a point where i'm like oh that's fine it's his kid and whatever but i just can't i honestly think like why did it take the white Sox this long to to pull the plug on a 14-year-old being around their team all day every day like he's 14 he needs to be in school i know it's not their place but in a way it's it's still their organization it's just a very odd story in general and Mm -hmm. it's just there's it's one of those things where like okay i can't this can't all be true this can't be the whole (laughs) truth like there's no way this is happening the way we think it's happening there's no way people think that a 14-year-old is a leader or that the 14 year old is actually going through every single drill that others are going through during spring training. There's no way that Chris sale, like put up their two jerseys as like a tribute, which is, you know, typically it's for like dead people not like your friends. And there's no way that that dude just walked away from $13 million because he was asked to have his kid come just like sometimes and not all the time. Right? Like, There's something else to this story Mm -hmm. where he was going to—he was going to be cut
4: anyway, or something. Or is just sick of playing; he just doesn't want to, and he's using this as an excuse. It's perfect time
1: for him to for him to walk away. And there's
3: no like larger lesson I think you can draw from this about homeschooling your kids, or you know, anything beyond that. It's just such a
4: weird. You can make it into whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it's, it's that, I mean, there's, there's good people going to yeah.
3: turn it into something, sure. but it's just—it's weird.
4: End of the day, it's just weird. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's just yeah. I, I
4: so, there's yeah, something I, more.
3: There's something more that we don't know about, and I don't know. There's any larger lesson to draw from it, other than it's weird and mm-hmm. I. I've,
2: the larger lesson that I'm drawing is that entitled Generation Xers are ruining America.
1: Yes, <laughs> so fucking true. So Wait, true. Who's the
4: Gen Xer?
2: LaRoche. LaRoche, he's old, man. How old is oh, he? yeah, he's, he's my age. 37? Isn't he? he's, I think okay, he was he's not, been, he's not nearly, he, nearly my age. I never think he was mind. born in 78. And I had this conversation with Mike Rand on Twitter because Mike never had a conversation with Mike on Twitter. He loves to blame <laughs> everything on millennials. So I that's I crazy. Was a Gen Xer. And his response was, hell, he was pretty close to a millennial. <laughs>
1: I love that. I'm going to assume he's a millennial. I'm just going to. He's a <laughs> yep. millennial to me.
2: <laughs> yep. he
1: I was born the same year you were.
4: Eh, millennial. Eh, I'm going to
1: posts here while I'm responding.
4: Yeah, but La Roche's kind of French. Yeah, yeah it's a little millennial. La
1: Roche, uh, it's a little weird. A little millennial to me.
2: So yeah. that's my larger lesson.
3: That is a good large lesson. Um, it's like pizza and blowjobs. jobs <laughs> Covered in cheese, and there's an Italian guy yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> don't really know what that meant. What Wait. the fuck? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> if you listen to 90 minutes of this, you earned that joke. For the record, that's very yep. true. Yeah.
1: Well, um, we already went through a little dad life at the top of this at the top of this story. So, or at the top of this episode, um, I don't have a whole lot beyond. The LaRoche business to discuss. I got nothing. We got to get
2: back up. to Stu explaining something to us every week. Yeah, so God, I had one. one I, about I had one too. So do you have one? I,
3: I, yeah. I can try to do it really quick.
4: Let me just give me two seconds. I'll no make it.
1: Okay, so while we're doing that, we should talk uh, about. Got, oh, are you ready?
4: Yeah, F- Fife. Fife life. Oh, Fife. Fife. Um, Fife he was Doug? something he was about the, Fife uh, life today. Yeah, but uh, it was like P F P F
3: I F E. P H I F E. He yep. was one of the the um, yeah, hip hop, uh, one of the rappers in the hip hop group uh, a tribe called Quest. You wouldn't know them um, if you know them at all. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can.
4: Can I kick it? Yeah, sure. it's yeah. really good. Is he yeah, on really really yeah, that? Really really is he the
2: guy
4: he is saying? is he the one saying?
3: q Tip is yes. the like the de facto leader of a tribe called Quest, but he was like more of the everyman rapper of like he was like the John Marthaler of their okay solid rock foundation. <laughs> <That anybody laughs>
4: put out
3: three country albums for no. Put out three country <laughs> albums with like you know the guy from Big and Rich. Um, <laughs> so hey, uh, no, that, that's who he is, and I mean he's. I mean the guys who are really into hip hop, this one hit him really hard. He's like a like a really like you know just a good guy, yeah. and. He yeah, was the, the everyman rapper. Oh, he,
1: like, he, oh, he died today? Yeah, he yeah, died. Okay. That was 45 true. years old. I think it was complications from diabetes. Yeah.
3: We're not sure.
4: but Yeah, that's... He, he had been
3: sick, I think, for a while.
4: Oh, he got the beaties.
3: Yeah, not, not, in, the beaties. not in a good way.
1: What about, uh, here we go, yo, so what, so what, so what, so what the scenario? Well, you know well, that scenario? Scenario is really um, good. Uh, Bonita Bum, you got to put no, me on. Bonita Bum, you got to put me on. And they they
3: were like, no, that's a real song. Um, Low End Theory, I think, was their big album, and that was like a a thing where, like, you know, hip hop was mostly a singles thing, and they put out an actual album that, like, was good front to back. Yeah, super chill chill music. It's
1: great. It's one of those things that you put on Spotify or whatever you listen to, like Drive Called Quest Radio, and you just start listening to it, and you don't realize like two and a half hours later, you're still listening to it because it's kind of vibey and chill, and there's some of those good. Good, awesome single things but it's not just like a bunch of hardcore bangers and then some shitty songs like it's all pretty good and chill and he was like Mm -hmm. the everyman guy and he was the guy like like Q-Tip got the money and the fame and this was the dude that was still just like I'm still the tribe called quest guy that's what I care about whatever so Mm
3: -hmm. lovable a lovable rap guy I would say yes so that is Fife and rest in peace Fife and
0: Four white guys
3: from the sportive of our, um, you know, probably the least of their, you know, condolences. But it was offered sincerely.
1: He needs, Tribe Called Quest needs to be remembered just in general. They're a very good band. Not nostalgia-wise, because I hate nostalgia. They still
3: are a very good band. So, yes, that's Fife.
4: All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your Fife. Our (laughs)
3: Fife. sort of everybody's. John's holding up his arm. Yeah, good
1: for him. He's pouring out. John has been drinking a 40 this entire time. Now he's pouring it out.
3: They still sell Steel Reserve in Roseville. It explains a lot.
1: They only sell Steel Reserve in
2: Roseville. (laughs) (laughs) The Roseville City Liquor Store is just nothing but malt liquor. Is
3: that a Fairview Liquor's by the Water Tower? Because that's where you can get that stuff.
2: I, I the the liquor store by the water tower. I actually
3: like a lot. It's a good liquor store.
2: It okay, is, so we're like,
3: if total wine parking okay. lot is too, super busy, go to the yeah. Go to Fairview Liquors.
1: We are over ninety minutes in. I know no nice. one's listening besides our parents, but I do want we're, to do previews at some point. We don't necessarily need to do a weekend preview, but I did see on the Twitter dot com that uh, Stuart you've been working on a piece for Twinkie Town on Friday that mm-hmm. mentions Fleetwood Mac. Tusk? Yes. I, I, Is that a I compared, teaser? Is that a spoiler? Uh, yeah,
3: there, there are 20 songs on Fleetwood Mac's Tusk album, and I compared each, um, each song has a 2016 twin to go with it. I finished Holy it up right before we started recording.
1: I would say the the usage of Tusk in the season finale of The Americans, I'm trying to think of a different example, but I don't think so. I think it's the best usage of a song
3: in television show history. It was so good. It was so good. I think Clarence and I like tweeted at each other about it. If I remember Mm -hmm. when it happened, just something about like like, the mood and
1: the 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 scenario, the scene, the the era, the era. Mm It just was something. And that's not even like my favorite song by any means. It just was perfect. It was so
3: perfect for that scene. I'll never forget it. So yes, Clarence and I have tweeted about the Americans at each other multiple times. Um, The two I remember most is about Tusk. And about one there was the 69's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was, that yes. was, yeah, that was very <laughs> that was unexpected. Jarring,
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah that like, what was, the f? Jarring is the best word <laughs> yes. I can use no, you, to describe. it going? Back it up. Hey, but uh, Let's take another look at that. There's, 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 Russell's there's uh, Kerry Russell's butt.
1: Carrie Russell's butt is a um, like the third biggest star in that show. Just FYI.
4: I am thinking I am. I, mean, sitting, I, mean, I, I'm, I disagree. I'm finding it, I'm struggling to concentrate. Just sitting here thinking about who is Tusk. Don't tell me. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good but to I know. So, um, listeners, yeah, yeah, uh, Friday, at 10,
3: Friday at ten o'clock Central Time, you'll you'll know. All right. All right. Good. Perfect. Uh, we I love you. So we known.
1: miss you. We can't wait to see you again. We miss mm-hmm. you uh, very much. Mm-hmm. Goodbye.